You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. All right. We're going to get back into the vital few today. Cool. But I got a question for us first. Were we in the vital few last time? We were. Oh, yeah, okay. we took a week off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a slight mental breakdown <laughs> due to a housing situation we won't get into today. Oh. I had a rough weekend. It was, there was a lot. The whole it, weekend, huh? was, It was not a good weekend for me. All right. yeah. But um, better now. Better now. Much better, yeah. 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 We got a house. Okay. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah, that, it would be funny if it were something totally unrelated. Yeah. But, no, it yeah. was just, it was a weekend full of disappointment and COVID <laughs> issues, and it was mm. just the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was the last weekend, huh? Yeah, yeah. Feels, all right. feels like a year. All right, all right, all right. But uh, all right, so but we're going to start on a light note. So here we go. Mm-hmm. If you could spend an afternoon with your favorite sports hero, <laughs> I'm going to rephrase it because you don't have a sports hero or know a sports player. <laughs> so <laughs> it would be if you could spend an afternoon, let's say, with your favorite, let's go actor, okay? Or, or actress, but performer, actor, entertainer, that kind of thing. Uh, who would it be, and huh. what would you want to do? Ooh, not wow. bad, right? Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I think I I'd say I'll go. I'll let you, though, you know, no, okay. I just sit and dwell on it as though I might be able to make it come true. Like, oof, yeah, I don't want to get it wrong. Okay, case, go case for it. they're listening. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Hey, I think mine would be. I think for reasons of being a fascinating individual. I think Robert Downey Jr. would be really fun. Mm, that's good. See, dang it. Yeah, he'd be fun. And what would we do? I just would want to hang out. I watched his, uh, he was on um, David Letterman's My Next mm, Guest Needs No. Right. Inter- Did you, have you watched that? Uh-huh. And you get to see like his Malibu farm house thing. Something, yeah. I just want to hang out there. He didn't understand any of the things, yeah. but he was there. Yeah. yeah, so I think that would be delightful. Mm-hmm. That's my pick. Oh, man. Um, let's see. I don't know. Um, I, I would say Martin Sheen too, but I would want to hang out with him as the president from West Wing. Yes. Not just Martin Sheen. No, I don't know anything about Martin (laughs) Sheen. That's fair. Um, I, TV star. It's a tough one for you. I didn't think this would stump you so hard. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I'm not like that. Wouldn't be Steve Carell or someone like that and John Krasinski for how many times you've watched the... John Krasinski would be a fun hang. Yeah, I think so for sure, but definitely not for being Jim. He's done other things that are pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I like his wife too. Do I get to hang out with the package deal? Sure, it could be a couple if they're married. Krasinski and... First, I'd give him the business about the some good news thing. That just was the shining light in the midst of COVID. He oh, sold it, it off so good. and it just died, never to be heard from again. Did it really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because 
uh, I think CBS, some some big player bought it, and they were going to like keep it going. And, and they ruined it. Well, and now, I don't know. It's not that COVID's totally over, but it just like missed. It was just the thing. Yeah. It so, was really So great. apparently what I'm going to do is confront John Krasinski on our yeah. hangout. I think that your hang's going to be real fun, man. <laughs> I think he's really going to be excited about it. You know, John, I have some feedback for you. <laughs> you know what? That is very authentic answer to, to who you are, though. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I admire you on so many levels. I know this is the one and only time we're going to hang out. I got an axe to grind with you. <laughs> you know what grinds my gears. Oh, All right, gosh. so we uh, we have been talking about this document called The Vital Few, mm-hmm. which marks out uh, the seven behaviors or practices that really steer um, our ministry forward. And yep. so, I don't know, I think we're going to be in the fourth or fifth conversation this week. Know. So you got to find your way back to the intro and, and listen. You don't have to listen to them in order, but you would want to listen to that intro week first. Mm-hmm. But this week, we are going to talk about cultivating cultural consistency. Ooh. So each Smells one of these... Off the top. Yeah. I was really into alliteration at the time of writing really this were. document. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each one of the vital few uh, has um, like an overarching title, and then there's a description. And so what we've been doing is reading the title, then the description, and then we really break down the description sentence by sentence. So that's what we're going to do today. So Great. today we're talking about cultivating cultural consistency. Here's the definition. Ridgeline Church is unique. And if you pastor, lead a church, insert your church name there. Yeah. Whatever churches you lead, it's unique. Mm-hmm. God has not called us to be any other church. We are meticulous in our efforts to carefully cultivate cultural consistency through every component of our church family. Every partner at Ridgeline strives to embody the cultural canon that defines our DNA. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that middle sentence is, is too long. Middle sentence. Yeah. I wish yeah. I would have written it shorter. I just want to well. acknowledge that. But let's break this down, all right? So we're going to start with uh, Ridgeline Church is unique. God has not called us to be any other church. Yeah. So that came out of, um, I think for me, especially for me personally, I think it's probably fair to say for both of us, we've always had growing up in the church and having Mm -hmm. been in ministry vocationally for as long, I mean, really since graduating high school, we've both been highly involved in local church ministry, even right. if we weren't getting paid for it. Yeah. It, it's always been really the thing that's driven our life. So mm-hmm. we've always had churches that we've looked up to. Yeah. And pastors and sure. ministries that we've admired and all of that. And so I think it's inevitable early on, it certainly was for us, that you start by essentially mimicking whatever you admire. Yeah. And love. And so we were like this kind of weird mixture of probably three to four different ministries. Mm-hmm. And, and it took a while before we really started that it. And the problem with that is that after a while, it starts to feel like David wearing Saul's armor. Sure. Where you're like, this, this wasn't made for you. This isn't who you actually are. Right. But it took us a very long time to really, I think, shake the dust of that. And Mm -hmm. just be comfortable being, acknowledging that, yeah, I mean, the thing that God has called us to do is unique to, not, not like better, just unique. Like it's, it's unique to us because we are not these other people that we were trying to mimic and rip off basically. Sure. And I think one of the, one of the things that helped, uh, sort of precipitate that change is that of those four to five churches we were trying to imitate, most of them don't exist anymore or the pastors that lead them are disqualified for ministry. Yeah. So that's a real sobering way to, uh, (laughs) to look at that. But that, yeah, I mean, it sadly is true. And I think that it is a really good lesson 
to just, I mean, number one, be very careful about elevating anyone to the position of hero Mm -hmm. because everyone's fallible. And so it's really, yeah. So anyways, thanks for making it take a really dark turn. I was going to skip that part. Okay. The point is that, (laughs) that we work hard and I I still see this tendency a lot of the time. And honestly, it's one of my fears in talking about the vital few. Uh I'm really thankful. We've had so many people reach out and ask for it. I'm super pumped about that. My fear is people are going to take it and just use it as is. And that goes against, in my mind, the very heartbeat of the vital few. I I don't like that part. Mm -hmm. And so our advice would be don't copy and paste any other church. That doesn't mean that we can't learn from and that we can't adopt things that we see, but it is, I would argue it is dangerous to copy and paste from another church Yeah, because you're not that church. Sure. And, and you're not, you know, you have no idea what I think of, um, how this is even, the Battle Few has even amended some at Ridgeline versus uh-huh. Redemption, the first church we planted. And I think that um, we're not any other church. And you like, even, even for us, like how God has contextualized that for our people mm-hmm. in our situation, using things like the word partner and, mm-hmm. uh, and all of those kind of things have to do with us and where we're at. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't necessarily mean anything for you and your people. Totally. And hopefully one of the things that we've kind of hit on repetitively on this series is it's not good enough to just have a document you print and put on the wall. Yeah. Like that's not what we're trying to accomplish here. Right. Nobody needs more PDFs to open. <laughs> right. Um, and so it genuinely is, even if you take the document and use it large in part as is, mm-hmm. um, it still needs to mean something different. Like right. what it means to you uh, and what it means to the people of your church has to be has to be something that resonates. Totally. That's and, a, I love and that And your word. words do not necessarily resonate with the people who yeah. are at the church's listening. I even think about like our, our most frequently used mantra mm-hmm. is probably no religion, just Jesus. Yeah. And I've had people comment on that mm-hmm. from out of state and I've had people ask questions about it. And, you know, there's a, a part in the New Testament that talks about true religion, quote unquote. And so people are like, well, the Bible you, and I'm, I'm, I understand that. In Salt Lake City, yeah. when you say no religion, just Jesus, that is running a very distinct flag up your pole. Sure. And because we live in a city that is still very much population-wise, percentage-wise, dominated by one particular religion. Right. And so when you say, no religion, just Jesus here, it is a powerful way of distinguishing and setting a tone for what our culture and theological convictions are in our church. Sure. But if you did that in Texas... I don't think that would necessarily resonate in the same way. I think it would be confusing or people would think it was like some cheesy youth group slogan. But here, it means something really important. Yeah, absolutely. So I think those are the types of things to think through. I think another thing that we're always, that that when we, when you're thinking about what is it that makes you unique, I think it's really important to think through who are, who, what are the type of people your church is right for? Because one of the things I think that is unique, at least about the way you and I think, is we don't think that, and I tell people this all the time, Sure, I don't think Ridgeline's for everybody. Mm-mm. Even people, even we might even agree theologically on most things, yeah. but culturally there might be aspects to our church that it is that Ridgeline's not a good fit for you. And so we're always looking at how do we build a church that is like for the right people. People yeah. who are what we call ridgeline people. Sure. And I think I think it's important. You always do a good job of explaining this, but that doesn't mean like 
like if people if people assumed, oh, so you're just looking for ridgeline people, those must be like, you know, young, white, op- upwardly mobile, hipster, because that's what people think of in like those kinds of churches. Mm-hmm. But we have a, like an exceptionally, <laughs> I don't know, weird, mm. diverse, yeah. broken, just Something. mess of a, of a church. So it's not about... Like it's not about um, being exclusive. No. Like you, you are. You can speak to this, but you're mm-hmm. like more than anyone I've ever met before. You are like anti-click in oh, a man. major way. You hate clicks. Sure. Well, so here, here's what's here's what everyone has to know. Here comes I, therapy. I, I think, uh, yeah, Let's go. I, I think this is going to be shocking to the listeners, <laughs> but I have not been cool one minute of one day in my life. Just not even. As a matter of fact, I was like an intern kind of on staff at a church mm-hmm. uh, like my first year or two in college. Mm-hmm. And that church was driven by these types of kind of click. Unique. And mm-hmm. I was, I was, I mean, I put in hours and hours and hours of work and I never fit in there. Yeah. I just never, like, I, I, I'll never forget going up and in, down kind of the, the hallway area on Sunday mornings feeling like I don't have anyone who's interested in talking to me mm-hmm. or who I, you know, I was young, so I, who I had the courage to go up and talk to because I just didn't fit mm-hmm. in anywhere. And whether it be that experience or a lifelong experience mm-hmm. of not being cool and eating lunch alone, mm-hmm. um, I'm, we're not talking about Ridgeline Mm-mm. people in terms of some sort of exclusivity, like leaving you out. Right. I think I even shared this in kind of our, we pray prior to our service with mm-hmm. everyone who's serving. And I walk through a few announcements and just give direction for those who are serving in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I shared this last week, always be on the lookout for new people because we want this to be a welcoming environment. We want it to mm-hmm. be, but I, but I'm, I'm very clear to say, but it's not for everyone. Mm-mm. And as a matter of fact, I'm glad that it's not for everyone because yeah. there are uh, not as many as other places, but we still have lots of churches in the Valley. And I believe that uh, some church is going to resonate deeply within you. Some church is going to be that church that you're like, yes. I, you know, I was talking to someone a few months ago and uh, his comment was that like Ridgeline is a church that he's prayed for his whole life. Mm, and I just awesome. feel like that type of thing is going to connect with Ridgeline people. Yeah. And that doesn't have, to your point, it doesn't have a look. It doesn't have a socioeconomic status. Because we've both been to cool thing. churches. Oh, yeah. Like, I have visited churches. There, sure. There's church, Even when we were getting ready to plant here, there was churches that we visited, and I, I walked away going, like, I genuinely... I remember one that Tammy and I left, and we turned to each other and were like, I don't think we're cool enough to go to this church. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, that's sure. not even a criticism, but just, like... I'm trying to say that's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've been thinking a lot about like, what is it? Because our church does not look the same. We're not Mm -hmm. all the same age. And so what is it that makes you a Ridgeline person? And Uh I think more and more, and I don't think that this was like some genius intention on my part. I just think it's happened because of what God's been doing in us. Yeah. But I really want, and I think that Ridgeline is a place that welcomes wounded people to come and heal. Sure. And so I, I would say the type of people who are not Ridgeline people, mm-hmm. by and large, are people that do not acknowledge the woundedness inside of them. Totally. And so if you really struggle with that or you don't like, I just don't, that's the kind of person that I've seen over and over again, that they just don't really feel like this is the place for them. Sure. And I think because people are so open about it, um, almost like a... Um, 
a body that rejects an organ transplant because mm-hmm. it's not a part of the body. Mm-hmm. If you come and you're just not willing to yeah. embrace that, to be authentic about that, at some point it just does not go well. Yeah. And it's not a matter of anyone sits down with you or whatever. It just, it doesn't fit. Yeah. They probably get tired of hearing me talk about therapy and watching us all cry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, People even standing, you know, we had a picnic the other night and you Mm -hmm. mentioned somebody commented to you about, it's just, we have a really unique church. It Mm -hmm. is, it is a, it is a quilt of. (laughs) That's a great uh, word for it. Yeah. Yeah. A quilt of variety for sure. It is. Yeah. So your church as well is unique and God has not called you to be any other church. And I think that God, I think one thing, if we could all get our hearts around is that, that that our community needs us to be uniquely us. Mm-hmm. There are people Absolutely. in every community that that if you would be who you, that the church that God has uniquely called you to mm-hmm. be, someone in your community has been praying for their lifetime for yep. that church. And you're it, but you're too busy trying to be, pick your church. Right. And that's not who, that's not who you are, and that's not who God's called you to be. So be who you uniquely are. Absolutely, because uh, as we've talked about in the past, uh, one of the things Larry Osborne says is everyone can leave your church except for you. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you leave, and we've seen this, mm-hmm. at, we brought this up before with Redemption, the church we planted in Illinois, is in no way, shape, or form the same church that was planted 10 years ago. Right. Um, it's uh, like a wonderful, great, amazing church, but very different. Yeah. And it's connecting with a totally different group of people than yep. it did back then Which as well. Awesome. Absolutely. But my point being, if God has put within you the desire to pastor and specifically to plant a Mm -hmm. church, it's very possible because your community is missing, not just a church, not just a gospel preaching church, but a church that's going to do things the way that resonates within you and trust that it's going to resonate within others. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day. I just mm-hmm. thought of this because yeah. it super bugged me. And yeah. I wasn't going to say okay. anything, okay. but now I am. <clears throat> and I think it was a pastor. It was a uh, the wife of a pastor okay. who was saying, like, we don't need more church plants. If you have a city you want to minister in, join a faithful church and, like, plug in there. And I just oh. could not disagree with that more. Boo. And I think, and I think my guess is, I mean, maybe that comes from a place where that's like a really genuine conviction. It could also come from a place of just, you know, church planners by and large are not always great at tact. Yeah. You know, we've probably talked about this before, but the mm-hmm. whole, like every church planner is like, we're here to start a movement and, oh, you know, like all Save that kind of crap. Yeah. yeah. And that I think is extremely dishonoring totally. to the men and women who have poured out their lives for years faithfully in a mm-hmm. place. And so don't do that. But at the same time, don't diminish the importance of God wanting and desiring unique expressions of his body in every city. Absolutely. And until every person in the world is a part of a local church, we need more churches. Right. So Ridgeline Church is unique. Your church is unique. God has not called us to be any other church. Mm-hmm. Second line is this. We are meticulous Anal would be another, I think, yeah. effective word oh, I there. I think anyone who serves here would agree, would with, agree that. with that. In our efforts to carefully cultivate cultural consistency through every component of our church family. So that means from top to bottom, mm-hmm. we want the same cultural virtues to pervade every aspect of our church. So it's not just... So, so obviously, Ridgeline Kids 
looks different than our main service because mm-hmm. we're ministering to two totally different age groups. Yeah. Um, but the culture that informs what we do and the way we do it should yep. be the same in both. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> my recommendation would be is if you're listening, especially and you are a lead pastor, church planter, founder, whatever, but you're of a lead pastor, if it's not already, you should add keeper of the culture to your job description. Mm. That you, bec- if you're the, if you're the person that is like point leader in your church, that one of the things you need to do more than just preach and pray and counsel people. You need to be mindful of the culture that marks your church. And so we work really hard to do that at every at every level. And so mm-hmm. we have, we're going to talk about <clears throat> some of the culture that defines us and, and how we do that in just a second. But, you know, one thing is we're, we are, um, we'll talk about this phrase, we never phone it in. But yeah. that, that's a really important cultural virtue for us, which totally. means we bring our best in everything that we do. Yep. So an example of that would be uh, a couple Sundays ago, I referenced how we used this movie clip from, or this video clip, YouTube clip from uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we've ever done that before. I don't think I've had, other than like a, maybe a testimonial video yeah. that we've had in a service, we've not, I don't, I'm not like still the using, clip guy. you no. know, what is it like? 2001, who's still using yeah, a lot of movie clips. A little hunting clip yeah, in there. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oof, you're going to have a hard time editing the language in that movie to be okay in church. <laughs> yep. But uh, so the way that that happened was I had planned in my message to use this woman as an illustration of suffering well as a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling people that morning about like, did you see this woman? Have you heard her story? She's sure. so amazing. And uh, and I was telling two of the guys in our band, and I was like, let me just show you the clip. And these are two of the most, uh, and if they're listening, they would probably agree with this, the most like non-emotional, like robotic. Bo- borderline robotic mm-hmm. guys in, in our lives. Yeah. So just not super emotional. Watching this clip, they both cried and like mm-hmm. could not believe the, this demonstration of suffering well and this yeah. woman's story. And so I was like, man, it just seems like it just, maybe I should just show the clip, sure. but we'd never done that before. And mm-hmm. the service was getting ready to start in less than 30 minutes. Yeah. And so I went up to you and I said, Hey, I know we've never done this before, but do you think we can do this? And I think an example of you helping to cultivate this cultural consistency is, you know, we don't phone it in. So we're not going to do it all jankety. I'm not going to hold up my iPad <laughs> And let everybody watch it from the back of the auditorium. That's a good idea for next time. (laughs) It is. That's amazing. But you sat down and solved about 19 problems Mm -hmm. to make sure that we could do that. Now, anyone that was in the service would, for the first time, would never know that's not something we don't do on the regular. Right. Because it worked really, really well. Sure. But to me, it's that kind of, like, that's one example of how we work to to be meticulous in this pursuit at every turn. Sure. I mean, I think even the other week I came in, I still didn't fully follow what had happened, but what I know is, so we do like these kind of pop-up things mm-hmm. and then they're kind of expensive and our space is long. And so we also do some pipe and drape Yeah. and the band was well going and you are typically up like still in the auditorium, but pretty high up, like kind of looking through your message, mm-hmm. thinking and praying through it and all of that. And I came in from something else I was doing and I looked and here all the pipe and drape is like on the ground Mm -hmm. and you're rerunning it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what that was other than I know enough to know there was just something that wasn't quite right. One of the scenes was showing. 
one of the seams. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit was going to have nothing to do with us. <laughs> if the seam showed? Yeah. yeah. That's no, a joke. No. Yeah. Oh, come on. Um, but I do think we have set a, a high standard. And, and to your point about, you know, whether it be the lead pastor or the executive pastor mm-hmm. or the, the chief leadership team recognizing mm-hmm. we don't, we, we're just careful about those things. Yeah. And it creates an environment where other people are careful about those things too. And I think that's what you're trying to do because you can't just be the police of everything. As a matter of fact, I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, there was a, we use window clings on our windows. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. You need to look into them. Um, But our logo is a mountain and it looks identical for the most part, forwards and backwards, like Mm -hmm. if it's reversed. Yeah. And uh, we had a newer team and they have put it on backwards and it's like, kind of a pain to pull it off and this and that. And I was sourced for the opinion of, do we need to redo this when Mm -hmm. they realized it was wrong? And I almost said no, or Mm -hmm. I was like, I just am not sure. And the people who asked me sort of looked at me in shock, like, Mm -hmm. no, we we can't leave it that way. Yeah. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that because in that moment, it was a long Sunday. Mm -hmm. I was tired and I just didn't care about the direction of the logo, but I'm thankful. You know, you think about the value of the body of Christ. Not everyone that day was having a rough day. Mm -hmm. And this girl just knew like, nah, Mm -hmm. we, we need to do this. And, And so I said, you're right, let's get it done. And I appreciate that because that kept me grounded to uh, what we have made an important cultural trait for our church as well. Yeah. And I would say, I think in listening, especially to these examples, it's not about um, being perfect no. all the time. Because even like, so we'll, we're going to talk about uh, our cultural canon in just a second. But what we're referencing is one of these pieces of our cultural canon that says we never phone it in. And the yeah. description is, we bring our best to every opportunity God gives us. And I think that that's the important part, that we bring our best. And so we've had like this past Sunday, for whatever reason, like all the stars aligned and almost our, all of our musicians were gone and out of town. Yep. So we had a brand new woman who Mm -hmm. has never played and never led in our church before, Mm -hmm. but she's just recently joined the team and our bass player. (laughs) So we had keys and bass, a guy who sings maybe one song a month and this woman who's never led here before. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a band that's been together and playing together for two years. And like it was, but, but we worked to bring our best in that situation. So again, it's not about being fancy and perfect. It's just about, we are going with with whatever like mess of Lego that God gives Mm -hmm. us. We're going to build to the best of our ability, what we can out of that. Yeah. And to me, yeah. And I, I think it's good clarification based on the examples we gave. We are not a highly produced church. No. At all. As a matter of fact, uh, anyone who has any experience in sound will shudder at the fact that our entire sound runs on an iPad. Right. Like, I've had some experienced sound guys be like, oh, where's the board? Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's right here in my hand. Leave me alone. Get away from me. I don't don't, want to talk about the importance of the turning knobs. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Is that what they call them? Yeah. Yeah. I got... got, (laughs) These are really advanced sound guys that mm -hmm. you've talked to. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Uh, But regardless, I think the point is, but whatever we're going to do... We're not going to phone it in. So Mm -hmm. in the, like we've chosen to have clings up and so they need to be right. And we've chosen to run pipe and drape because we could just leave it down. And I'm not judging you. We've just decided that uh, is the best for a distraction free environment in our service for us. And so we're going to do it right. Right. Um, So yeah, it's not a matter of this like un- uh, wavering commitment to perfection, but it's bringing excellence to what we choose to do. Right. We just 
don't do a ton of things. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so this, I love your emphasis on how this, like if we carry it, then other people, it's, it's like, it's a good kind of virus that spreads. Mm-hmm. Other people start <laughs> to carry it well. And so this last line says, every partner at Ridgeline strives to embody the cultural canon that defines our DNA. Mm. So we also have begun to, and this, unlike the vital few, this is kind of a living uh, place on our website where as we continue to either want to add certain cultural virtues or we identify cultural virtues, we add to this uh, as time goes by. This is a document that I would say I have no expectation that everybody reads it that mm-hmm. everybody memorizes it, but it's a place for us to really capture and bring intention to what we want our culture to be. Totally. And so this is the way that I kind of describe it. Our cultural canon uh, reads like this. At Ridgeline, we bring a relentless intentionality to the building of our culture. Culture is comprised of the beliefs and behaviors that embody who we are. In this pursuit, we do our best to capture these various beliefs and behaviors in our cultural canon. The dictionary defines a canon as the body of rules, principles, or standards accepted as axiomatic and universally binding, a fundamental principle or a general rule. This is what we're building. This is who we are. And so then there's, if you go to Ridgeline, I've got it on my phone right now. If you go to ridgeline.church and you go to about, uh, there is a tab that says our culture. And And what's the URL? Isn't it just ridgeline.church slash culture? Uh, uh, ridgeline.church slash our dash culture. Oh, that's a, that's, that's too a much. bad URL. Sorry. So just ridgeline.church and then do the drop down about, and it's in the culture page. <clears throat> and so then we've got a list of these things. So a couple mm-hmm. of examples are, uh, one of the things that we say all of the time, this is an original to us, but we say we are okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. We are open about our brokenness because we find our identity in the faithfulness of Jesus rather than our failure. And so then practically that informs, I mean, I I would actually argue that that statement embodies our culture more than anything else. Sure. I think even I've recently updated the homepage of Mm -hmm. our website and isn't that what it says on the homepage of church where it's okay to not be okay? Because I I do agree with that. I think, I think the, the variable is uh, sometimes people uh, blame churches for creating an environment where it's not okay to be okay. Mm -hmm. I think the caveat is, and you have to be okay, not being okay here too. It's what we were talking about earlier. You have to be comfortable with the fact that you're not, because there's no one that is right. Especially after this year. Right. And so you can feign that you are, Mm -hmm. and I have got the name of a church down the street that you were going to love, Yeah. but that's not for us. Right. Like, I don't care. I mean, you know, people come in like puffy eyes and I just like, just the other week I had someone coming in, I was on my way to church she was running a little late Mm -hmm. and I was like hey how are you and I mean we stood there and she cried for a good long cry Mm -hmm. and then walked into church and I I have some ideas as to what was going on but um she just wasn't doing well but Mm -hmm. she still was there yep yeah and I think thinking about these things and then being very intentional about the way that you communicate them you start to see how these things inform you drawing and keeping the type of people who are right for your church. So for our church, like the right kind of person who is a a person who is okay to not be okay. Totally. So if, you know, if your website says like we build champions, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then people who are, yeah, I've never seen that before, (laughs) but let's just say it did. Uh, Then, uh, you know, the vast majority of our church is not going to that place. Totally. Because they're not looking to be champions. They're looking to like get through the freaking day. Yeah. So, but we are. It's almost axiomatic. 
you know what? It just because you don't know how to read outside of a fourth grade level doesn't mean you have to make fun of these words. That's the dictionary too. I know. It's I was. Not, I did. I I understand. I just was trying to do apply you? my new. It's like word of the day. Define with you. axiomatic. Well, it's the way standards are accepted. <laughs> All right, so that's one of them. We are okay to not be okay. Um, uh, we've already talked a, a lot about how we never phone it in. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we are um, painfully simple, I would say, with everything that mm-hmm. we do. Um, but we do our absolute best with every opportunity that mm-hmm. we have. True. So another one would be we are strategically focused. I think you know the vital few is an example of that. Uh, we say we focus all of our efforts on a vital few behaviors we believe build a healthy church. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a church planner today that's been listening along to this series, and we were talking about about that and how they're starting to have some conversation around what's our vital few. Yeah, and uh, and so we had a good and I have, we you and I didn't hadn't talked about talking about this, but mm. one of the things that I was encouraging him in, and I think would be helpful for people as they're starting to think through. So let's say you want to be a strategically focused church. That's mm-hmm. part of your culture. Yeah, I would say one thing to really think through that I've been thinking a lot about, and that we're going away for a planning uh, retreat next week to talk mm-hmm. about. <clears throat> I would think through your convictions regarding how do you believe people are transformed. Mm. Like, like actually, like what are the practices mm. and the elements that cause a person to be transformed? Totally. And, um, that informs m- almost all my convictions right. about how we do church. About how everything that we do. Yeah. But that's the place to start. And so again, like we've already talked about the Great Commission. We're called to make disciples, which means people coming to faith in Jesus and then being formed in his image. Mm-hmm. And so thinking rather than just go, okay, well, what pract- like what, what ministries do we have to have because we're a church? I just think that's the wrong... I feel like that's some form of trying to just copy and paste from another church. Sure. Rather than thinking through, how do you actually believe that Scripture says and life reveals that people do experience transformation and mm-hmm. then build everything around that and write your vital few out of that and everything? Yeah. Yes, and do it in such a way where you recognize you're not the only one that's right. Totally, yeah. Because I would even say like... um, as I was thinking through, like, I think one of the critical, and I don't think anyone would, like, really probably argue with this, but one of the um, essential elements of how people experience transformation is by sitting with God daily in, ideally daily, in some meaningful way. Mm-hmm. But I have practices that are essential for me in that. Like, mm-hmm. journaling is, like, I can't, I, I don't, I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but Eugene Peterson said that his, um, there was something about his pen that kept him anchored to his God and to his soul. And there's mm. something about that that really resonates for me. Like mm. if I, if I'm not writing, I, it's very hard for me to untangle through prayer, like just verbally mm-hmm. the way that I think and to drill down into things that I'm feeling. So for me, that's an essential practice. It's not for everybody. Right. Some people, for me, it's not at all. Yeah. It's just not helpful. No. So I don't necessarily, I don't think it's about, um, conveying every, but what is an essential practice is like people need to learn to sit and have an actual relationship with God. Sure. If COVID revealed anything, it was this massive deficiency mm. in people's ability to relate with God for themselves. Like we mm-hmm. may not be Catholic, but make no mistake, most Christians have used the Sunday service to mediate their relationship with God. Totally. And when you took that away, they they just died on the vine. 
Sure. And I think that the important thing about that is, um, so I think that it's important as you think through these things that are uh, your vital few and your canon and all of that kind of stuff. I think it's also important that not only you come up with the big buckets, because everyone would come up with the same buckets. Sure. You know, time with God, yeah. community, yeah. Uh, service, you yeah. know, uh, go to church, you know, that kind of thing. But it, it's okay to, mm-hmm. to define what it means for your church and, and for anything you're ever going to teach. And I've sat in on a lot of those things. You're going to talk about the importance of journaling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. I, I know for me, everyone learns differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not a note taker. What, what I'm here to tell you is if I'm somewhere and like have anything am I am I'm doing anything other than listening, I'm distracted from whatever's happening in the room. Right. And that's just how it works. Like I have to, if I want to watch a TV show at home, I have to put my phone in the other room, mm-hmm. all of those kind of things, because I just, that's how my brain works. And I think, oh, I could take care of this and where a commercial comes on or there's a piece in a show. And so I need nothing in order for that to work for me. But that doesn't mean that that's going to come up in a seminar you do on that topic mm-hmm. because you're the pastor of this church mm-hmm. and our church largely is going to be directed to be a journaling church. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And But also, if you journaled, you're like two sentences in before you start thinking about like a better kind of pen oh yeah, and a different kind of journal. Yep. And, uh, and all of a sudden you're on Amazon and you've dropped like 200 bucks and mm-hmm. done no journaling. <laughs> right. And I won't do it with the journal that comes in either because right. I'll come up with flaws in that system too. <laughs> I, you know, I just have to like sit. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking a lot about like, like how, like what are, maybe somebody's written a book on mm-hmm. this, but I feel like a book would crush on the topic of spiritual practices for ADHD people. Mm, yeah. Because I sure. think all... Almost all books on the spiritual disciplines, they're all written to people like me. Quasi-introverted, totally. yep. cerebral thinker, tactile, like, mm-hmm. that's it. Cerebral, what, you know? What? Well, I do. I'm just trying to come up with, so that I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> of all yeah. those things, you just, not a thinker, not cerebral. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's different. I didn't say you're not a thinker, but <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, you just were like, you know, people Maybe like you should learn how to juggle. Awesome, and people who are going to rule the world. <laughs> and, and then the, the dumb people the like successful you. successful people. <laughs> and then those who serve them at McDonald's. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let's oh, move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So just, uh, just by way of recap, we have talked today about cultivating cultural consistency. Let me give you this definition one more time. Ridgeline Church is unique. God has not called us to be any other church. We are meticulous in our efforts to carefully cultivate cultural consistency through every component of our church family. Every partner at Ridgeline strives to embody the cultural canon that defines our DNA. So again, if you would like access to our vital few, female, female, feel free Mm -hmm. to reach out to us. You can email uh, either one of us or reach us on social media. Uh, That Again, that cultural canon is on our website, ridgeline.church. You could find that there. Uh, Any closing thoughts? Yeah. Feel good? Yeah, I'm just... I'm not sure how I feel. I'm not cerebral enough. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to hear about that. Yeah, we're going to have to have a talk. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So much feedback coming my way. You and John Krasinski. (laughs) Yeah, well, let me just come to your meeting with him, and we'll just get it all out of the way at once. As always, like uh, I'm invite you. yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, uh, man. Especially if this is your first time joining us, 
uh, and you liked it, you can help us in three ways. Uh, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can leave a review wherever you listen, and we would love to connect with you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're not cerebral. You're like a cartoon bear. Yeah. Hey, hey, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs>